What up, what up? Jimmy Murray here with Frank Petalano, and we are the Cashflow Kings. The Cashflow Kings podcast discusses money, finance, mindset, and investing with an emphasis on cash flowing real estate. Thanks for joining the Cashflow Kings, and welcome to our new episode, Mindset in Real Estate with Martin Perdomo. We are here to help you crush your goals. So, Martin, hey, thank you for welcome. having me, Jimmy, Frank. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. So you guys can't see it unless you're watching on YouTube here, but uh, Martin is dapper, like dressed to the nine. So he's got Frank and I all done today, um, but super excited to have him here. <clears throat> I think you guys are going to learn a ton. So super excited to dive in. Thank so you. Martin, tell us a little bit about how you got started uh, in entrepreneurship or real estate or whatever. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to start from the beginning, right? So, um, I'm a firstborn. Thank you first, first and foremost, gentlemen, for having me on your podcast. It's my pleasure, my honor to be here and share with your audience. Um, I'm a first. I'm the firstborn American in my family, a first generation born American in my family. My mother came here pregnant with me uh, many, many years ago, and uh, when she came pregnant here with me from the Dominican Republic, she she didn't have a place to stay. Right, so she she had me here. She gave me. She had her first American son. And then she sent me back home to the Dominican Republic. Oh, whoa. I always like to preface it with this because um, it, it just, it, it shares and it gives people context of who I am. I'm just a regular guy, right? I'm just a regular guy that really comes from poverty. So my mom sent me back home to the Dominican Republic. And I want you guys to think in your audience to picture this. When you think of, uh, when you see those kids on TV, in those third world countries without shoes and shirts and their, under, and their underwear. Literally, that was me in the Dominican Republic in my first five years of my life. We had no running water. We had to walk um, half a block to a block to get water, to brush our teeth and take a shower and flush the toilet that day uh, for the day. Every morning, I would remember waking up with my grandma and going to do that. We were really poor. I share that to say we were really poor. Fast forward, my mother at five brought me to New York City and... Um, at 16, she kicked me out of the house, gentlemen. Go Whoa. figure, right? A 16-year-old kid, right? Living in the hood in the ghetto. And we were poor here, too, when we came here. And uh, she kicked me out on my 16th birthday. That was the ninth time she kicked me out. And when she kicked me out, gentlemen, um, I remember sleeping in New York City, sleeping in the trains, right? I had nowhere to go, sleeping in the trains, sleeping in the rooftops. You have all those apartment buildings, sleeping in the rooftops. Yeah. Uh, sleeping in the beaches. I would go all the way to the beach to just sleep in the beach. And then the parks, and I would hit the parks. And then eventually I landed at a friend's house, which let me stay in, his mother let me stay in his house. But what I learned there was, gentlemen, that a, a human being, an adult, needs two things, food and shelter. And I made an unconscious decision that I was never going to go through that pain again. And I was going to own a lot of real estate, a lot of apartments, so I would never have to sleep in a train again. Hell yeah. My, my love for real estate. We talk about mindset. We all make decisions uh, from pain, they first are unconsciously done. Um, lasting change comes, you know, when we make a lasting change in our life, it's usually from a painful situation, right? Causes lasting change. So uh, I made that I made that unconscious decision to buy a lot of real estate because I was never going to sleep in a train in my life again. I was never going to be cold. I was never going to be woken up by a police officer in the train like, wake up, kid. What are you doing here, right? Um, you got to get up. So I, I made that decision. Fast forward 2007, 2004, five and six, I was a mortgage broker. So I was the guy giving out those ninja loans back then, right? No income, no assets, the subprime loans. 
And um, I remember something, guys. I remember that at that time, I was giving loans to people with 580 credit scores, <clears throat> 100%, 80-20 loans is what we were doing. If you guys were investing back in those days, you guys remember those loans that we're doing year, those two-year arms. Anyways, and I remember having FOMO, like many investors in 21 did, right? A lot of investors, I saw a lot of investors in 21, so-called investors in 21, and I'm saying, man, that was me in 2007, right? I remember having FOMO and saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss the boat. I got to go buy. So I went and I bought my first duplex and I overpaid for it, paid $275 for it, and, uh, but I knew nothing, gentlemen. I knew nothing about real estate. Paid 275 for it 2009. It was worth 179 and $100,000 in the water. So, not having financial education, not knowing anything, going through the mortgage crisis, losing my business, right? My mortgage company, because uh, you know, Dodd Frank killed the industry yeah. um, with his laws, if you guys remember that. And um, so, so, anyways, $100,000 in the water 2009. And I want to bring it forward to 2022. In 2022, uh, last year, in September, there was a quad, a small, a small apartment, a small house. I bought a quad, not too far from my office. And the appraiser comes to my office, right, gentlemen, and he says to me, he's getting the check. I'm writing him the check before I buy this property. And I'm like, hey, Jeff, what are you going to bring this property in at, right, my new quad that I'm buying? And he said, well, I don't know, but here he hands me over a manila envelope right, with some cops, some comparable homes in there. And I look at it and I run into this cop, which is literally two doors down from that house I used to own that I bought in 2007. Exact same house, two doors down, sold in September, right? He came, I closed in October, he came in September, sold somewhere in, I think it was August or September for $385,000. Whoa. That That was right there when, um, I've always quoted this, right? Uh, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. And that it was right there when it sunk in. Yeah. In 2007, I was I bought this property. I overpaid. 2009, it was $100,000 water. $100,000 underwater. 14 years later, it was $105,000 over what I paid, right? So had I held on to that property, that property would have been paid down by my tenants and would have been... Um, and I would have had $105,000 in equity. And this is why I love real estate. And I know that's a big, big intro to, <laughs> to mindset and um, to where I come from. But that's kind of my story on how I got involved in real estate. Today, I own 112 doors. Actually, the reason I'm dressed up is because it's so tough right now with, with the lenders. Uh, I have a 57 unit here in, in, in the Clark Summit area in Pennsylvania. And the bankers, my community bank wanted to actually walk it. The VP of the bank and my loan officer wanted to walk the property with me. So I met them there and I, you know, I've been working on that refi for six months. It's just, it's, it's tough right now getting the banks to commit to a rate and to commit to a deal. It's, uh, it's challenging. Yeah, particularly at a deal of that size. So you get a dress to impress to show them, you know, the game. Well, well man, I don't know, brother. I had to bring, on, I had to... <laughs> I had to show them a level of professionalism, man, because, you know, yeah. um, we, we've we had, I tell you, man, we've had that same deal. I've been working on this. And so I bought that deal in January of a year ago today. We're recording this in January. And um, we bought it for $3 million 
it appraised as it was. We got a really good deal appraised as it was at 4.5 million as it was. We added value to it and um, we went, we took the rents on average rents from 700 to a thousand. So that's what 30, 40% increase in rents. Yeah. And so the, the crap I'm getting from the bankers, I've taken this to four different banks and the, the same old story I get is they can't believe that we executed on our business plan that quickly and that they wanted season. I'm like, what are you talking about? Have you done your, have you done your due diligence? Have you looked at what the medium income is for the area? Have you looked at what my rents are? This is really affordable. It's a thousand dollars. My average rent's a thousand dollars. Median income is $60,000 a year. What are you talking about? What risk? More than, more than affordable, right? Like, I'm done. You got Sounds to, like you still have room to move the rents even higher. Honestly, yeah, man. Like, like, so, so. But the truth of the matter is that the banks are scared. They're nervous about interest rates. They're, they're concerned on, uh, they don't know what's going to happen. You know, they were just talking about, hey, recession, and who knows about a recession, man? I, I refuse to participate in a recession. I just know I'm taking care of. Yo, love that. <laughs> I love that. I think I, people get nervous, but I think if you're seasoned and you know the game, I think you're going to be okay. I mean, based on what we see on the management side and on the retail side, there's still a ton of pent up buying capacity and that's buying or renting, right? We have, at least in our area, and it sounds like it might be similar in Pennsylvania, we still have an inventory issue. Yeah. Inventory is at historic lows. So guess what? As much as the market wants to shift and kind of pull back because interest rates went up, we still have an inventory issue. I mean, fundamentally, that's what leads the market. So the prices aren't going to adjust that much. Because there's so much capacity to buy. Absolutely. All right, were you, were you at a bridge loan and now you're looking at long-term debt? What's the story with this deal? Yeah, that's exactly it. We were we were in a bridge loan, and of course, you're hearing all of the all of the in all the podcasts. You're hearing, oh, guys with bridge loans are going to be in trouble. Yeah, some guys are right. If you bought a you skinny deal, if you had a skinny deal and you and you were your value added was going to be fifty bucks a month in rent, which I got beat out on deals like that it, the few, last few years. Yeah, you're going to be in trouble. But if you, you know, our deal is a really solid one because we went from 700 to, to, so what if the rates, cap rates decompress? Don't matter to us. <laughs> so what, like, you know what I mean? We, we had so much meat, right? We had so much. So when you buy right, as you guys know, you make your money make when you buy. all your money on the buy. Yep. Yeah. So if you buy right um, and you make the right acquisitions, it doesn't matter, right? So, um, and my lenders know that, you know, my bridge lender, my current bridge lender, we have a good partnership. They know that. They know we have a good deal. They know I'm bankable. So banks are scared. <laughs> the bank, they know the asset is solid. They know, uh, but the banks are scared. You know, they're, they're using their, they're just, you know, they're looking for excuses to quote unquote, protect their money, which excuse my language. A lot of it is just a lot of nonsense and bull crap. I feel you. I mean, I'd be much more willing to bet on a 57 unit property where you've increased the value that much than your average three family buyer that's probably going to go belly up in a couple of years because they buy multifamilies thinking they just print money. But guess what? Multifamilies take a ton of fucking work. So, I mean, that's the game. That That's it. Right? Dude, literally this property, man. So this property was there was a bunch of older elder people in there and, um, you know, they were underpaying and it was very emotional for the previous owner. They called the news on me. They called the town hall on me. And then they, I sh- I'm on my way there. Property management calls me while I'm in route here up the street here. She's like, hey, the news is here. Right. They called the county commissioners on me. I had a meeting with the county commissioner. It was a big to do. We were on the news and everything. And I was like, hey, listen, guys, man, I'm paying $89,000 a year in, in taxes alone. Mm-hmm. Like, I just paid $3 million for this asset. You know, you've been underpaying. Look at the market. 
we got to, we got to be fair. We're, we're cleaning up. We've repaved the, the driveways. We're giving you new kitchens. We're doing all this stuff. Like, you know, we're giving you fair. We're giving you a good service. We've got to pay. <laughs> right. That's it. Quality. Easy. It's a good show, but we've got it done. And by the way, that landlord that the city used to get a bunch of phone calls from for code issues when he didn't fix things, they didn't fix things. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be that guy. When my tenants call, I fix stuff now. That's, that's right. The increase that's in rent exactly. because I'm providing higher value. That's it's exactly less of a headache for the city. Like I'm not the bad guy, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly correct. You know, one of the things we do, um, one of the strategies that we actually did, and and this just a tip for your listeners, right? One of the strategies we did in 22 for the holidays is. We sent every every single one. We spent twelve hundred dollars, and all of my doors, I sent um, a ten dollar gift card because we focus on on working class middle America. That's our rental. We don't we don't go to A class. Where that's not our that's not our bread and butter. Our bread and butter is working class blue collar folks. We sent everyone a ten dollar gift card, um, just saying, hey, thank you, just thank you for being a resident here. Just uh, buy your dessert, buy a dessert for the holidays. Uh, whatever gas, whatever this will do for you. Yeah. And we were thinking strategically, we just want to really show appreciation to our tenants. I really am grateful to our tenants. They, they pay the bills, right? Thank right. you for being a customer. Thank you for being there. Thank you for paying rent on time. And by the way, next year, when you when it's time to renew your lease, make sure you renew, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> make sure you don't leave, right? That's the Hopefully thing, like, hey, we are coming and charging guys higher rent, but look at all the work we're doing. We're cleaning it up. It's a nicer place to live. You can be proud about the place that you live in now. You don't have to be worried about it. Yeah, it might cost a couple more dollars, but look at the increase in the level of service. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we've done. I was just there with my bankers, like I said, and and um, which was interesting because my bankers actually witnessed it. They witnessed my residents telling me every time I go to my property, they know me because I was the spokesperson, obviously, when the news came and all that shit in the summer, right? But every time they see me, they I always tell them I'm with the property management company. I never tell them I'm the owner. I don't I care less about status and roles. I don't care. I just care about results. Right. Um 100%. So when you know when they saw me, they were like a couple of the tenants were like, Oh my gosh, thank you, sir. Thank you for we received the gift card. I mean, these people light up for $10 gift cards, you know, and it's it's just a thought, you know, it's just you know what it does for them, whether it's gas or it's uh whatever you know piece of bread or something i don't know whatever something. whatever you yeah think. no right. honestly how many landlords do you think are doing that showing that they actually care about their their residents yeah so long way yeah we we spend some i spent some time gentlemen um thinking think time like hey how can i how can i be special how can we be different how can we retain how can we improve renewals retention collections uh these are the important things that matter right turning turn turning units suck man it's the most expensive part of business every time you got to turn a unit, right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the big things that we've introduced at my company is a resident benefits package. Okay. It doesn't cost us anything, right? We actually make a couple bucks on it. Um, but honestly, like the tenants see it and they love it. Like, because it starts with incentivizing them to pay rent on or before the first and enrolls them in a program where they can receive gift cards or coupons to the stores that they like just for paying rent on time. And then from there, like at Move-In, they have a utility concierge. Um, there are a number of different benefits, including uh, identity theft, theft protection, renter's insurance. Um, and then the next big part is it reports all their on-time payments to the credit bureau. And the average tenant sees a 42-point increase on their credit score. That's awesome. So, We're going to talk a little bit about that off-air so you can educate me a little bit on how we gotcha. can... Uh, 
implement some of that stuff because that's really good stuff, man. That's actually great stuff, Jim. Yeah. So it shows like, hey, guys, we care about you. Yeah, we might be charging market rent, but we provide a high level of service. When you call, we're going to take care of broken things. And by mm -hmm. the way, we offer you this nice resident benefit package. So in case things happen, I mean, we had a tenant. There was a precarious scenario with cleaning paintbrushes in the unit and there was a fire. Um, but guess what? Their registered insurance policy covered the whole thing. So it protected the tenant who had an accident and protected the owner of that or a client in that building that they didn't have to pay for an $8,000 repair. Wow. So it, wow. it goes all the way around, but it helps everybody out. Yeah, it, it, really, it really is. It really is. And and I want to get, you know, to the original topic that um, Frank mentioned of mindset, right? As you see me dressed up and you guys are teasing a little bit, hey, you know, you got it. But the I point mean, I is, love that tie. Honestly, that thing is stuff, right. Yeah. One out for me. Thank you, brother. Um, it's um, it's just that focus. You know, I'm so focused on. There's the, I want to share with the audience the three, the three forces of creation, right, of mindset and creation. And the first one is focus. And this weekend, um, I was thinking and I'm like, okay, man, what are my goals for this year, right? My goals for this year, we're buying another, we were committed to buying another 200, 150 to 200 doors. And we want to do that in two or three transactions. So either two 100 unit apartment buildings or 350 or 60 unit apartment buildings. That's it. Uh, I have a bunch of small stuff, but I want it's so much easier to manage the, the, the larger unit assets than it is the smaller assets. And um, so I'm like, man, I got to execute on this business plan, right? We, we've, we've, we've executed like the last piece is this finance piece. I got to execute on this thing. So I was meeting my loan officers, my, um, my loan officer's boss, right? Which they make the decision, small community bank. You guys know how that works. They kind of make the decision. So the, the guy that makes the decision wanted to come out. They made the decision, but he wanted to come see it. So I was like, hey man, I can't fuck around. I can't go there in my jeans and my boots and my hoodie, right? Yeah. I got I to I got, I got close, I got to execute. But that's, that's the level of focus. So the first thing, right, um, to create anything you want is you got to be so focused on what you want that you can't see nothing else. Right. You got to be so focused. Yeah. You got to be so focused that it's not, it doesn't matter. Like, Hey dude, I got to wear a three piece suit to go and walk in the mud. And that's what I'm going to fucking do. Right. That's like, like that's what yeah, I'm going to do. So on our team, we call that zero options mentality, right? Like, no, this is what we're going to do. There's no other option. This is what we're going to do. We're going to make it happen. Burn the boat. Right. So focused. So the number for the number one thing is, man, you got to focus. You got to first, before you focus, you got to know what it is that you want. What's your goal, right? Yeah. What is your goal? What's that thing that you want? And you got to want it. And you got to be so hungry for that thing that it doesn't matter what it takes. Like from here, guys, I was last week, I called on 10 brokers. We called 10 brokers, 10 new relationships. And um, from one of those calls that I made, they gave me a lead, right? I got a lead from a for a hotel where we're taking now we're buying small motels and we're turning them into long-term multifamilies into efficiencies and one bedrooms. So we have one on the contract. So I got to leave. The guy was like, Hey, I sit on the board of XYZ organization. I can't make an offer. I can't do nothing. But if you go and do it, I can tell you that the university wants to rent all of those for this. And I know the shit, the place is shitty. If you go and you make a strong offer, the numbers can really work for you. He gave me a lead. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to my asset to, to me to, to after this podcast, I'm literally going to go knock on the door 
and see if the owner's there and say, hey, you want to sell? Right? Yeah. Like, so committed to that. I got another broker I'm going to go visit. He's just I'm so focused and so committed on my goals that nothing matters. I don't care. Like, whatever it takes. So that's the first thing. Knock on that door. Dial that phone number. Yeah, man. It's that easy. Start the conversation. You never yeah. know what's going to lead. You, you just never know. Like, look, we called those brokers. The guy gave me a lead. Yep. Right. One broker gave me a lead. And he, this is a guy I used to work. I've worked with in the past, seen some of his assets. And I was like, hey, we just want to touch base. We're here. Just want you to know. Here's my goal. Here's my vision for this year. 200 units, three transactions. What do you got? I said, I don't got nothing right now. I got something coming up. They always got something coming up. You know, oh, we wow. talking about they always got something coming up. They're in sales. Let me add you to my database. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you in touch. Um, so, so anyways, but he was like, but I do have this. You should go. I can't touch it because I'm on the board of the other side of the organization. We can't blah, blah, blah. But you can. And I said, hell yeah, I can. I'm going there Monday. <laughs> so, so I'm going to go there today. So number one is focus, right? And then number two is exactly the next thing is massive action, right? Focus. Always. And then always massive action right massive action right like like this is what i'm doing right now taking massive action meeting the bankers going to a broker going to to another property right to to the hotel owner knock on that door see if the owner is there because i heard he's owner he's the owner operator say hey man are you interested in selling right massive action you gotta take action you can listen to guys like like jimmy and frank and myself all day long guys but if you don't take action and you're going to get some good information from here, but if you don't take action and you don't buy that first property, that first duplex or that first triplex or that first quad or whatever, or that first one, one family that you house hack and you rent by rooms, whatever, just get in the game and start taking action. If you don't take action, nothing will ever happen. That's it. It's like you talked about with your first deal. I didn't count one after I bought my first house. He used to tell me cash flow cures all. He's I like, if you overspend on the purchase. He's like, sit back and collect rents. If it's covering your expenses, hopefully you're in a good spot. It'll come back. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I love that thing. Cash flow cures all. And you're right. Who cares if the property on paper is 50,000 less than you bought it? As long as the cash flows, you're in good shape. You can survive like, anything. Right. I mean, stock market goes down. That sucks. Property values go down, but you, you still get in the cash flow and you set it up correctly in terms of, you know, your income's greater than your expenses. You're winning. You're winning because over long period halls of over long term, you win as we just shared in that in that story. Right. And as Frank says, this is the best get rich slow scheme I've ever come across. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Frank, <laughs> I love it. You know, and then lastly, gentlemen, so first is focus, then is massive action. And then the last piece of this is I'm going to say the spiritual, but the most important component to it. And that's having grace. And that's the tough part, right? That's the hardest part, having grace. So being grateful for what you do have while you're working hard and taking action and not necessarily seeing things materialize. But just having that grace uh, and being grateful for the things that you do have, right? Being grateful that, hey, at least you found out about real estate. At least I'm listening to Jimmy and Frank and those guys have taught me something new today that I can go and apply today. I'm grateful for you guys for allowing me to have to take this message because my purpose is to empower others to your listeners, right? 
to empower them to go out and and make it happen, right? Make equity happen, make get cash flow, right? Uh, so having grace, having a, a a heart full of grace, where you can sit down on a daily basis and say, you know, whatever you believe in, I believe in God. So thank you, God, or the universe. Thank you for for just my health, for allowing me to wake up this morning. And you'd be surprised when um, when you have gratitude how how you attract things and how much faster things happen for you. I have a, I, I'm an investor. It, actually, they're my capital partners too, my bridge lenders. And I'm also an investor in their fund. And I got a, um, I got a gift, a really neat gift this year for the holidays they sent me last year. And it's a positive. So just picture two boxes, one that has a positive on the top a positive slit on the top where you can put little notes and then a negative slit and the other box or so two boxes one positive one negative and what you're supposed to do is on a daily basis you take at the end of the night and you write something that you're grateful for so something that happened in your life that you're grateful for today so i'm grateful for you guys i'll probably be writing you guys today grateful for you guys for having me on your podcast right and putting it in there and then something that's stressing you on the other side so something that's bothering you, something that's stressing you on the negative box, and you put it in there. And at the end of the year, um, you open it up. You can't open up the positive. You can't open up the negative. When you open it, it's got to be ritualistic, right? You either burn it, throw it away. So you let go of all of the negative stuff. Really neat, really neat way to do things. I thought that was a cool gift from, from my lenders. I do something similar, not exactly that cool, but I have a book, um, I have it in my briefcase where every morning I write my top three goals and I write my first every morning I write three things I'm grateful for and then my top three goals and then three top three things I can do to get closer to those three goals. What are the actions, right? So there you go. Focus, gratitude, and action. Like literally the the, the journal keeps me focused on, on those three things. Um, but when you have grace, man, and you you're grateful for what you have. And again, this is, I'm a bit of a, a practical woo-wooist, as they say. Um, <laughs> I love if it. it works, if it works, I do it. If it doesn't work, I don't do it, right? So that's, it. Uh, that, that's, that's how I, that's how I figure. Um, that's how I do it. So yeah, gratitude, man. Gratitude is important. That's the final piece. So focus, massive action. So first you got to figure out what it is that you want. Goals, what is it you want? I want to buy my first investment this year. If that's a listener, or maybe you have a hundred doors and you want to scale like to 200 doors like me or 300 doors, right? Um, or maybe you have a thousand doors and you want to go to two. So you got to just focus, man. And then is that massive action that, like you said, Jimmy, nothing matters, right? Non-negotiable, just whatever it takes. Mara, this reminds me of uh, my hotel partner. And when we speak about having problems, we say about how these are good problems to have. Some people are having a problem putting food on their table we're having a problem building the new table. Yeah, yeah, man, I love that. These are really good problems. Like, like, you know, the problem, like for instance, you know, not to bring it back to this deal, the, the problem we're having is we're having problem finding finance for a $5.5 million deal, right? A property that's worth $5.5 million. Shit, that's a really good problem compared to the problems I used to have when I was sleeping in a train. <laughs> yeah, plus you have a really good problem because you have a property that's worth that. It's not like you have a need for it. And it's not worth it. You know it's worth it. You know? I know 
That's right. No one can tell me otherwise, right? Like, I don't care what the bankers, I don't care what you've got to say, banker. Like, I know what I have. I know what it's worth. Actually, their biggest problem is that they don't want to see me at 100% finance because I bought so well, right? Because I bought it at three and it was worth 4.5. And they're like, well, we want to see you with some skin in the game. And I'm like, yo, dude, what you guys are forgetting is that the intangible, the focus, that massive action, that gratitude, that, that magnet of me attracting these things, is the intangible of what I did that you guys are not giving me credit for. Yep. I went and I negotiated a deal for $3 million that was worth 4.5. That shit's worth for something. And, you know, and you did the plan. You, you went through the plan and you did it. So that's yeah. what they're not valuing. Because it's a lot of people that screw up that plan. I see it all the time. Right. So let's ask you three questions we ask everybody that comes on the podcast. The first one is if someone wants to become a better investor, what is one thing you'd recommend? Um, they got to get clarity on their, on what it is that they want. It starts with clarity. Clarity is power. Oh, yes. Nice. Nice. All right. So next question is what is one book that you've read lately that you would consider a must read? Um, right now, because of the economic condition, I'm reading how the mighty fall. And, um, you know, there's a lot of negative shit in the media right now. So I'm focusing on how the mighty fall. Cause I want to study how the mighty in the past has fallen, so I don't make the same mistakes. Say that so one that more time, because I'm buying that on Amazon right now. How the mighty fall. How the mighty by fall. Jim Collins. Jim Collins, yes. Oh, by Jim Collins. All right. Collins. So sidebar. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this on the uh, previous episodes, uh, but I was required to read a book in college by Jim Collins that I hated in college. Yeah. Running a business, I learned to love it. Um, but it's from Good to Great by Jim Collins. So no, I, how, how, oh, that one. That one's a good book, though. Good yeah. to great from Jim Collins. That's a good book. Hell yeah. I did not love it in college, but now running a business with you know 17 employees, I'm with it. I'm with yeah. it. The subtitle, by the way, is and why some companies never give in. So you're gonna love that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm literally yeah. buying this right now. Everybody <laughs> listening in, Frank had a solid head tilt on that one. So um I look forward to discussing this one with everybody listening in. All right. So the uh, third question is, what do you want to be when you grow up? Martin, what this means is, where do you see you and your business in five or 10 years? Oh, man, that's a really powerful question, because now you're talking about you're talking about my vision. You're talking about my long term vision. Right. And I freaking fantasize about this thing almost daily. Right? <laughs> almost daily. I see this thing. Right. Uh, man, I got to tell you, and I know this is going to this might offend some, but I, I don't care. I'm, I want to hit that billion mark, right? Um, I, I'm, you wouldn't offend anybody listening to this podcast, buddy. <laughs> no, you know what? Here's So here's the thing. So I, I struggled with this for a little bit. I'm going to be honest. I, I think this is where this is coming from. So <clears throat> keep hold me accountable here. So I used to struggle with showing some of my wins, right? So like end of last year, like I bought a new truck. And honestly, like I didn't spend that much on the truck, but it looked real nice. I negotiated a good deal. And then I had an employee that felt kind of sideways about it. And then I'm a huge follower of Andy Frisella. And Andy talked about, yeah, when I bought my first Lambo, I was worried about driving my Lambo to work. He goes, I didn't want my employees to, you know, be jealous or whatever else. He goes, and it took me a year before I used to drive that Lambo around. Wow. But I quickly realized that if I have the right team in place, they're going to get more hyped when they see me pulling up in the Lambo because I cracked the code. 
I figured out how to get there. And I'm the type of leader that I'm going to bring more people with me. He goes, now I pull into my headquarters. I think they've got 40,000 employees. He goes, and a lot of people have nicer cars than I do. And he's got a crazy car collection. He goes, because I showed them the way. I brought them up with me. And he goes, so if you put yourself in the right spot and are followed by the right people, they're not going to be offended by that. If people are offended, then you're in the wrong route. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, brother. That's a really good story. Really, really good stuff. A billion? I can't wait to see you get there. Yeah, man. A billion. I know I write the, I write it every Sunday, right? Because my journal has forces me to write my long-term, my this-year goals, right? I'm very, very maniacal about making sure I stay focused on my goals, man. Um, just just hyper-focused. I'm a whatever-it-takes kind of guy. Love that. We just want that billion to be worth a billion by the time you get a billion. Yeah, well, know. you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens, right? We'll see what we're what we're trading at that time. If it's Bitcoin or or shekels or I, who knows, right? Whatever, whatever. I don't care. I'm gonna get that for my rents, right? Whatever that's gonna be. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Martin, we appreciate having you on the show. If somebody wanted to reach out, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Instagram handle. Um, yeah, no, so so you can find me at Elite Strategist on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel where I'm, I'm constantly putting out data and things like that. Also, check out my podcast, Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast. Go there and check me out. I'm constantly constantly have cool guests like you guys, and hopefully, I'll have you guys soon coming on my podcast. So uh, yeah, you could just go find me. Go find me over there. Um, check out my podcast and look from look me up on 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 um, IG and YouTube. Well, the Cashflow Kings is now following you. I'm sure you're going to follow back. Appreciate that, brother. Certainly will. Certainly will. So you guys heard the man. Go give him a follow on his chase to a billion. I'm sure he's going to have hella content to, to share with you guys. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Cashflow Kings podcast. In between podcasts, check us out on Instagram or Facebook under the handle The Cashflow Kings. Cheers to your success. The Cashflow Kings podcast is for entertainment purposes only. We do not give official legal, tax, or investment advice.